This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. The other side of midnight presents the Midnight Files. other side of midnight and i have enjoyed discussing and learning about the uap issue for a long time one thing that we've covered a little bit but not necessarily gotten into in much depth is why they call the objects we see in the sky but can't explain why do they call them uaps instead of UFOs. Well, I'm joined now by somebody that might be able to answer that. She has also been a warrior and a leader in terms of the mainstreaming of this issue. Not long ago, 20, 25, 30 years ago, if you were to talk about flying saucers, that was something that was relegated only to the annals of late-night radio and borderline science fiction cheap literature. Well, now, not only is this a subject that is covered seriously by mainstream news outlets, CNN, Fox News, 60 Minutes, The New York Times, The Washington Post, but it's something that is taken very seriously by Congress. And one of the people responsible for that has been Jessica Taco. She is the chief executive officer at A10 Associates. Jessica, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. I know it's early. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell people, what exactly is A10 Associates? What do you guys do? And so we are the largest women-owned lobbying firm in the United States. And we focus, we are bipartisan, and we focus on transportation, technology, and infrastructure. And we're able to be bipartisan because we focus on issues that unite both sides of the aisle, one of which happens to be the UAP issue. 
So I mentioned uh, that, especially over the last five or six years, there's been congressional hearings on this, and this is now a very mainstream issue. You don't have to feel embarrassed if you bring up UAPs or uh, things of that nature. People aren't going to think you are drunk or hallucinating if you talk about seeing something in the night sky. Why has this issue become so much more mainstream than it was 15 or 20 years ago? Uh, Well, I'd like to give ourselves a little bit of credit for that, but I'll definitely say we represent an organization called MUFON. They are the Mutual UFO Network. They have 6,000 members worldwide, and they're in over four, they're in 47 countries. They're in all 50 states, and they get about 12,000 sightings a year. So we started working with them a little over five years ago. And one of our main goals, and if you look at MUFON's website, they talk about the study of UFOs for the betterment of humanity. And one of our main goals was to start rebranding the concept of UFO to UAP, which is Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, in order to take away the stigma of UFOs. The stigma of UFO goes all the way back to the 1940s. Which, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Finish finish your thought. Which many people believe um, on the UFO, uh, that believe in UFOs, that it was actually the federal government um, that stigmatized the UFO concept starting in the 1940s in order to um, hide any possible belief in UFOs uh, and to really encourage uh, citizens in the United States not to be fearful. So the whole concept was um, supposedly put together in order to uh, get people not to believe in UFOs, to get people to think it's so crazy it couldn't be real. Um, But over the last five years, we've really worked to rebrand this issue in a bipartisan way so people can talk about it. Why would the federal government, in your view, want to withhold the truth from the public in the 1940s. Why would they want this issue to be something that was considered a fringe issue and not a mainstream one back then? So there are many theories on the topic, um, but from what I understand, we had just gotten through World War One, World War Two, the Depression. Um, we were on the heels, we were on, or we were on the dawn of the uh, Cold War, There was the rise of communism coming around the world, and there was a lot of unrest. People were really scared. People were concerned. So the concept of UFO, whether it be from other worlds or whether it be from Russia, um, was something that was really scary for the populace. Mm. Imagine, Imagine if Roswell was the Russians. How scary would it have been at that time that Russians were in our airspace in craft that we could not shoot down? And imagine if somehow, if hypothetically it was um, beings from another world, how scary, how much unrest that would have caused. And there are many theories that when the world of the worlds um, was actually played on the radio, um, when people talk about... Um, all the UFOs that were coming on the West Coast at that time, um, that the government was was using Disney, um, using the news, to uh, using even shows like Star Trek, 
um, to try to grapple with what society was going to think about this phenomenon that was, in fact, happening um, even much before the 1940s. That's uh, very interesting. You said quite a bit there. But the one part I want to hone in on, because I am a Star Trek fan and I've heard this before from everyday people and from, you know, from experts that have studied this this stuff is there's a possibility that the government was actually, our government, the U.S. government, was actually using Star Trek, which began airing in 1966, as a way of essentially preparing the public to accept the fact that UFOs, which we now call UAPs, were a regular part of of what we were experiencing here on Earth. There's some, there's some truth to that? That many, many alien theorists believe that that is truthful. Um, there were, there is evidence um, that Disney, uh, as was meeting with NASA, um, meeting with members of the government as they were putting together Star Trek, even photos you can watch, um, videos of Walt Disney um, actually meeting with those folks, but as well as um, meeting with folks around the space program. Um, and putting together shows about the launch and landing on the moon. So um, there was a concerted effort of some sort, um, whether, it, again, uh, there are theories that it was related to extraterrestrials. Um, there are also theories in, in other books that, that allege that um, there was such an intense Cold War going on that um, UFOs were floated out there as a cover-up for the Cold War. Mm. Um, And so that was pushed out there um, because it was determined that it was less scary um, for there to be this, you know, theories about these crazy aliens than um, Russians in our airspace. But at the same time, there are theories that um, that the Cold War was a cover-up for us trying to catch up to alien technologies. Wow. So just so people understand what your group does, and we're talking, if people are just tuning in with Jessica Taco, she's the CEO at A10 Associates. So basically, you're a lobbying firm, and one of your clients is MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. Correct. And, and you, Go ahead. And the way that we got involved in the legislation um, around UAP and UFO um, was actually fascinating. So... Um, Senator Gillibrand from New York, she's on the Defense Committee. Um, she has been a huge advocate for service members who've had um, sexual trauma and other traumas in the military that they needed to report. So um, about five years ago, we started engaging her office, and her initial interest in the topic was that members of the military were being ridiculed, losing their job. Um, having different harms come to them because they were reporting UFOs. And she wanted to relieve that stigma um, in in partnership with us and other groups so that service members would be able to report things that could be matters of national security. So that's how all this started coming together five years ago. Wow. Wow. I didn't realize that that was the genesis of it. Now, you mentioned your role, your group's role in rebranding the classification of these objects from UFO to UAP because of the stigma that surrounds the UFO, the the term UFO. 
Why do that? Why not just keep allowing people to uh, to use the term UFO? What's to be gained by calling these objects UAPs rather than UFOs? So we honestly evaluated traditional branding exercises just like you do um, when you start a new company or when you rebrand a company. And what we found was that um, you you were not seeing the term UFO um, get coverage on Fox News, get mm. coverage on CNN. It just was not getting coverage. And um, mainstream reporters, when they were seeing that term, were just clicking delete in their inbox. Um, we also found from speaking to multiple members of Congress on both sides of the aisle um, that There was a feeling on the House and the Senate, bipartisan, that the federal government was hiding from these elected officials. And we're talking about officials that aren't just senators and congressmen, but those that are on the defense committees and the Homeland Security and Intelligence Committees. So they have clearance. Their staff have clearance. And they were getting shut out over and over and over. But as elected officials, they didn't want to say UFO. Because that stigma, which the federal government developed, as we talked about, um, in order to make this a taboo issue, um, that stigma was something that political leaders were just not comfortable coming out on. But once we started calling it UAP, we found that many members of Congress were willing to speak out. For example, Senator Marco Rubio. He is a co-author with this bill with Gillibrand. When are Gillibrand and Rubio on a bill together? Yeah, uh, this is still shut out. This is the only instance that that I'm aware of uh, with that being the case. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail, from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So um, now, I, obviously, I know when you're a lobbying firm, you take on the interests of your clients that hire you and you advocate fiercely on your behalf, on their behalf. Is there any doubt in your view that these sightings and uh, whether it's the well-publicized videos that we saw of the naval pilots off the coast of the uh, USS Nimitz in San Diego or any of the many other videos that we've that we've seen or photographs that we've seen, is there any doubt in your view that these objects are, in fact, real? I 100 percent believe that they're real, especially if they're coming from government Uh, videos. And, you know, I think that poses a very interesting risk. Again, MUFON, we don't, when we say UAP, and this is an interesting fact, uh, 92% of what MUFON identifies, so we have um, hundreds of thousands of records of, of UFO and UAP going back to the 1940s. 92% of what we identify, we can rule out. We can say it's a weather balloon, it's a kite, it's a drone. 8% we can't. And we use photo um, data forensics, photo forensics, experts on the topic um, to come in and evaluate 
Um, we've had contract with ATIP and the federal government even to send our records and our evaluation on UAP that they're interested in. So it was a very credible organization. 92% we can rule out, but 8% we can't. And even the federal government is starting to say there are things that they can't rule out in these hearings. So, you know, I believe one one factor is that these UAP could be our um, technology. You know, one thing we see as lobbyists is that the government invests in a lot of technology. They're probably 20 years ahead of what's commercialized. And the reason for that is that if a, if a product, whether it be a plane or a drone, isn't going to be profitable in the marketplace for these publicly traded companies, it won't get commercialized. So the government could, in fact, have flying saucers or something like that. But Boeing, Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, there's no reason for them to be producing them and making them mainstream if they're not able to be sold. Right. The right. other issue is – go ahead. No, no, please. Continue. And the, the other issue is they could be foreign. They could be Chinese. Um, I think a lot of us thought they could they were Russian until we saw how much Russia is struggling with Ukraine. Um, they could be private sector. We've seen how Elon Musk and um, Jeff Bezos can invest in technology and, and compete with what the federal government has. Um, so they could be those things, but there is also a chance that they could be otherworldly beings. So those possibilities, uh, something otherworldly, something our own government is doing, something a foreign government is doing, something the private sector is doing, that's really why it's so important, because as Rubio and others have pointed out, this is potentially a national security issue if this is some sort of foreign government or something along those lines with this kind of technology uh, showing sorts of the sort of propulsion that we that's not known to us at this point. And I know you've been responsible for briefing several members of Congress in advance of these UAP hearings. Have you found, I know you alluded to uh, Gillibrand and and, uh, Senator Rubio, but have you found that members of Congress are willing to listen with an open mind or do most of them tend to have their mind made up one way or another on this question, Jessica? So uh, absolutely, I have been surprised. So I've been a lobbyist for 20 years. This is the most bipartisan issue I've ever had. And we have no, we have had members of Congress that I, I don't want to mention their name because we're being confidential that have seen things that have had their own sightings. Mm. Um, we have had multiple members of Congress on both sides of the aisle who have clearances try to get this information from the government and be turned down. So that has created the appearance of impropriety, I believe, to them, that why can't anyone share this information with me? Um, And so I, I believe that these members of Congress are elected and they feel entitled to know. And they, and they are entitled to know they are elected officials. And the federal government treats them like they're a temporary employee. And that and, and they will brush it off and brush it off and brush it off. Um, even in these hearings we've had, um, you know, we, we we came together four years ago. We started working on the NDAA. Um, the Gillibrand Amendment was what created the UAP task force, um, which instructed Congress 
uh, now three years ago, um, Congress instructed the DOD to send them a quarterly report on UAP. DOD is still not sending a timely mm-hmm. quarterly report. It's redacted to the point that it's useless. Um, they just now, uh, Congress gave them more money, and more directives to compel them um, last year to do something. So they just now um, transitioned to an AARO, which is an all in normally uh, reporting office. Um, from a UHP task force. That's what includes um, undersea anomalies and um, undersea objects. And um, at the hearing, if you heard the last hearing in the Senate, which was the, even in the 40s, there was there were never Senate hearings. So it was the only uh, UAP UFO hearing in the history of the Senate. Um, you heard the director of that office say, DOD hasn't approved my budget. DOD hasn't approved my plan. DOD hasn't approved my best practices. So the more the DOD pushes back on these bipartisan elected officials, the more frustration they're creating and the more these officials are saying, hey, what's going on? Well, that is fascinating. Uh, So many different aspects of what you just said are fascinating, uh, including the fact that it seems to be genuinely a bipartisan issue. We're talking with Jessica Taco. She is the CEO at A10 Associates. You can check out their website at A10, the number 10, A10Associates.com. So with that in mind, uh, that this does have some bipartisan support and you have seen uh, some members of Congress being willing to take the lead on this and others be pretty open-minded to this. What are the next steps in terms of where we go with this stuff legislatively? Is there going to be another round of hearings? If so, when? And uh, what are those hearings likely to include? Sure. So um, right now, uh, and at this time every year, um, Congress is working on the National Defense Authorization Act. Um, that is the vehicle where uh, legislation can take place around this issue. Um, so I would look for there to be stronger um, language compelling these UFO UAP reports. Um, at one point uh, last year, but it didn't come into the final language, um, there was going to be a requirement that the GAO, which is the Government Accountability Office, get involved. Um, to compel and enforce these reports. Um, at the last hearing, uh, which had uh, Senator Gillibrand, uh, Senator Joni Ernst, and Senator Rosen, so bipartisan group of, of women, of female senators, um, they asked um, uh, the head of the ARO office to submit to them um, certain information he did not have uh, because DOD had not approved it. So those senators have committed to go back, um, compel the DOD to produce that information. And once that's produced, I could definitely see there being another hearing around the topic. Um, and then you've got members of the House that are pursuing the issue at the same time. Very interesting. And uh, I could talk with you about this stuff all day, but I'll I'll end with this, Jessica. I know you've been featured on the very popular TV program, Ancient Aliens, and I saw you on there and you were great. And one of the things that I, I, and, I and I believe I'm restating the ancient alien hypothesis aptly is they believe that uh, the people that adhere to this ancient alien hypothesis that 
uh, aliens could potentially have been visiting this planet thousands of years ago. And some people even believe that some of what's chronicled in the Bible and other ancient texts could actually be descriptions of UFOs visiting the planet. And some people believe that it might even be aliens that have planted the seeds of the human civilization that we're here now. Uh, some people point to the work of uh, uh, of the, the ancient pyramids in Egypt and other things as possible evidence of that. Other people have pointed to the similarities on places like Mars of certain structures that are on this planet. What is your view of the ancient alien hypothesis, and what do you think the evidence suggests about the likelihood of anything that I just mentioned? So I I have to tell you, I think ancient aliens is one of the big ways that this topic has become mainstream. Um, They've had 20 seasons, and I watched the first season 20 years ago, and I never thought I would be on it. Um, But I think that they have some very interesting theories, and I don't think they should be ignored. Um, they really shouldn't. I mean, if you look, so here's, uh, this is this is what makes me start to believe, and I'll tell you this. I put together a briefing document for Senate Intelligence on this issue, and I went back through um, recorded history um, and in, in modern day recorded history, I guess. So that sounds strange, but 1800s to 1900s um, before air flight. And I pulled through newspapers, the, um, you know, the original version of the Washington Post, the original version of the New York Times, uh, the original version of the Chicago Tribune. If you read those papers, which were very credible sources at the time, um, that 100-year span, there were multiple sightings of UFOs um, in, in the sky. This is before there was any electricity we were aware of, before any flight we were aware of. How could there have been that much and us not wonder what's going on in the skies? And when you look at ancient aliens, how could those pyramids have been built? I've, I've visited... Um, a lot of different countries and seeing, um, you know, what's in the jungles of Cambodia um, versus what we have in Europe and Africa. And I have to say, how can, how was that made um, with the technology at the time? So I think they have some very interesting hypotheses. Um, why would the Bible, why would all these writings um, all exaggerate the same things, the same type of stories on so many different continents. Yeah, it's a great um, question. Great question. Yeah, very, very thought-provoking. All right, so, uh, Jessica, yeah. unfortunately, okay. we're going to have to end it there, but I'd love to chat with you again in the future and continue the conversation. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I could talk about this for hours. Yeah, uh, let's uh, let's schedule something soon. Jessica Taco, A10 Associates, the lobbying firm that represents MUFON. We've uh, talked with a few people from MUFON on this program before. They do some great work. And uh, clearly, uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of future Washington involvement on this. If you want to comment on any portion of our discussion, you're welcome to give me a call. 1-800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. 